0: Well, we've been going through Romans, but I'm taking a little detour from Romans for this Sunday, maybe a few. We'll see. Today I've chosen a sermon from one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 62. A psalm that God has used in my life over and over again. I can still remember reading this psalm for the first time and how how God jumped through these words and moved into my soul. I believed in the midst of these crazy days, these uncertain days, God has a great message for us from Psalm 62. But isn't it amazing how we can have eyes but not see? How we can have minds but not understand? We can think that we are right, but then all of a sudden our perception changes to give us new insight. Isn't it amazing how we can think we're looking at the truth when we are woken to the realization that we were missing what was really going on. I can vividly remember just such a moment for me when I was in college. I went to Cedarville University, and often in the winter months, you could go for days, even weeks, with just complete cloud cover, never or rarely seeing the blue sky or the sun. We were going through just such a period of many days of consecutive cloud cover, It lasted so long that it was a talk of campus. I was walking back to my dorm on one of those days, and a friend of mine named John, who was working on the grounds maintenance, I saw him there working, and John was this big guy, kind of the strong, silent type. So as I passed John, I said to him, John, where has the sun gone? And in his plain spoken way, he just looked at me and said, it's where it always is. As I walked away from John, I realized that that was a really stupid question. And I realized that John had given a really profound answer. You see, the sun and all of its power and all of its might were shining bright and powerful, just as it always does. It, it has been there every day, faithful and strong and consistent, The problem wasn't that the sun had gone anywhere. The problem was that I had lost sight of the sun because I was focusing on the clouds. My eyes were focused on the wrong things. I was looking at the clouds so often in our lives. We only look at the circumstance we are in. We look at the clouds. We focus on the illness or the accident on the loss, on some difficulty in our lives. All we can see are the life challenges we are facing, and we start to wonder, where is God? And in these days, all of us are under the same cloud cover. Our families, our community, our country, even our world, we all have this great cloud hanging over us, the coronavirus. And not just COVID-19, but all the changes that are happening around us because of it. In such challenging times, we can start to feel lonely and feel restless. Our lives can become shaken with worry and fear. We can start to lose hope. With the people on TV predicting a grim future, with a shutdown affecting the economy, with the virus spreading more and more, all the focus is on the cloud, all the focus is on the storm, all the focus is on this present challenge we are facing. But could it be, could it be that we're missing out on the truth when all we're doing is focusing on the cloud? Because who has been there all along? Who has never left? Who is still as strong and as loving as ever? Who is still as powerful and as sovereign as ever? Who is above the clouds? The clouds of our life. The clouds of this pandemic. Who is standing faithful and true? Who is? Our amazing, heavenly Father. See, the problem isn't that God has left. The problem is that we're looking at the clouds. We're not focused on the one who stands over and above all that we are experiencing. In the very midst of the very hardest times of lives, we can know rest. We can know steadfast love. We can be strong. We cannot be shaken. We can have hope and security and trust in our living God. Today we're going to learn how to find that hope and rest in our God while in the midst of life challenging circumstances. We will follow David's example from Psalm 62. Psalm 62 can be categorized as a psalm of confidence. So if you have your scriptures there at home, please turn to Psalm 62 and follow along as I read. Psalm 62. The scripture says... For us, those of low estate are a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken. Twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God. And that to you, O oh Lord... Belong steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his works. Let's pray together. Now, Lord, we have read your scriptures, your word, your truth. And we ask in a simple prayer that the truth of your word from Psalm 62 would now teach us and challenge us and comfort us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, David wrote this psalm while he was in the midst of trouble. David is surrounded by a conspiracy that is focused on taking his kingship away. They're trying to take him down. They're attacking him and they're spreading lies about him. The psalm doesn't tell us directly what the exact circumstances were, but many point to the story of the rebellion of his son Absalom. This time of treason and betrayal that David faced with his son Absalom is detailed for us in 2 Samuel chapter 15 through 18. It was a terrible time in the life of David and for the whole nation when a cunning and conniving Absalom usurped the throne of David and David was made to run for his life. This was a time when family members were turned against family members where love and loyalty could mean your death. This would have been an easy time for David to lose his focus on God and to look at the terrible circumstance that he was in. To look at the clouds rather than to look at the sun. But David refuses. And instead he looks to trust in God and he gives us a biblical example to follow. The first step in finding hope and rest in the midst of difficult times, is to proclaim your trust in God. Proclaim it. David begins this psalm with two powerful verses that boldly affirm his trust in God. He first proclaims the sole exclusivity of his trust. His trust is only in God, he says. For he says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence He says, he alone is my rock and my salvation. David repeats the same Hebrew word as he does there in verses 5 and 6 to make it clear, crystal clear, that his soul, only, exclusive, entire trust is in God alone. That first phrase, for God alone my soul waits in silence, is a statement of trust. It's a statement of fact. We wait patiently for God alone, for he alone can bring rest and reassurance and strength to our souls. That Hebrew word soul refers to one's whole inner being, our whole inner self, encompassing our mind, our emotion, our will, our action. So as we put it all together, David is expressing his trust That God alone can bring rest and strength to our whole inner person. That God alone can bring to us in our heart, in our mind, in our emotions, in our will, in our actions. Why is David so confident in the midst of this trying time for him? Because David knows God. God. David knows who he really is because he knows that only God can save him. Only God can deliver him because God is his rock and his fortress. Although David's world was quaking all around him, although this hour in his life was dark and the circumstances were difficult, he was sustained by God who is rock, solid, and immovable. God is stronger than anything this life can dish out. And he's 100% dependable. He's our rock. He's our salvation. He's our fortress. Although David had some really good reasons to, to fear and to worry, he decided instead to have a confident resolve in the reality of his one and only All powerful God. He chose to see the sun behind the clouds. When we are in times of trials and difficulties, where do we focus? Right now, where is your focus? God is the only one who can bring rest and reassurance and strength while we are in the midst of hard times. Do we look to Him, our deliverer, our salvation? Are we so shaken by our circumstance that we can only see the dark clouds of worry and fear and doubt? The first step in finding rest in difficult times is to solely place our focus on the truth. The truth of who our God is. Our God is our rock. Our God is our fortress. That is who God is. Proclaim your trust. The next step to finding hope in God is to be honest about our troubles. I'm so glad of David's honesty with God throughout the Psalms. It's such an important example to us and how big and how real our God is. David fully believed that God was the sovereign of his life. David fully believed that God was the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-loving God. Many of us believe those exact same things about God. But David not only believed it, he lived it. Of course, not perfectly, as we all know. For no person can perfectly live out their beliefs. Because we're inherently selfish. Because we're sinful people. And we so easily take our eyes off of God and put it onto ourselves. The challenge for David is the same challenge... For me and for you to live what we believe. Since David believed God was sovereign and all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-caring, he felt completely free to talk to God about anything and everything, to pour out his heart to God. David's theology informed the way he actually lived his life. Folks, our theology is supposed to impact The way we actually live our lives. Since God knows everything, he's in complete sovereign control, he's totally all-powerful and all-knowing, nothing I say to God is going to surprise him or offend him. Nothing. God's not wringing his hands and wondering what is happening. Wow, you know, I didn't see that coming. God's not standing there with his arms crossed, with this scowled look on his face saying, You didn't ask me that correctly. You didn't use the right words. You didn't say it so pretty. So I'm not going to help you. We don't have to jump through certain spiritual hoops to come before God and to pour out our hearts, to pour out our lives before him. We believe God already knows it all. He already knows who we are. He already knows who we really are. And he still so wonderfully and graciously cares about us and loves us. God wants us to be honest with him, to be real. God can see through all the pretense anyway. God knows all the roamings of our hearts anyway. God already knows us. And he wants us to be open to him, to be transparent with him about our lives, about our fears, about our worries, about the challenges that we are facing. He wants us to pour out our heart to him. Folks, think about this. God works in reality. God works with real people in their actual lives. So for God to do his work in our life, we need to live in reality. We need to be real and honest with him and with ourselves. So David talks to God freely about the challenges he's facing. David's under personal attack. His enemies look at him as weak and vulnerable and defenseless. His attackers see him as a leaning wall or a tottering fence. Just one simple push and David will fall right over. In reality, David has allowed his rule to decay under that unchecked ambition of Absalom. He is vulnerable. They are conspiring to topple King David from his high position as king. And their weapon of choice is their words. It's through lies and deception and hypocrisy that they plan on removing David from his throne. And that's exactly how it happened. David ran from Jerusalem before any weapons were ever used to escape the coup that temporarily toppled his kingship. Absalom was eventually defeated. And David was back on the throne. But these terrible events cost David his son's life and damaged his reputation. Folks, sometimes life is hard. Sometimes, from our own mistakes, we suffer circumstances. And sometimes, for no fault of our own, we're thrust into challenging days loss of jobs or money, relationships, family, health, a pandemic. Something from outside of us thrusts us into challenging days. Often in difficult days, it's not only the clouds that we're focused on. But with our thoughts so distant from God, we give in to anxiety. We give in to the fear and the discouragement of the day. So what do we do at times like that? What do we do when we have set our gaze on the challenge, on the circumstance we are facing On the clouds, we have to be honest to God with our troubles. We have to try to see them clearly. And to do that, we have have to be honest and see them clearly through the eyes of faith, through the lens of truth, through the scriptures. We need to see from God's loving and sovereign perspective. God knew the difficult circumstance uh, that David was in, and David knew that those circumstances were in God's hands. He knew that God was accomplishing his will, he knew that God alone was his refuge. David looked through the clouds to the sun. He looked through the difficult circumstance that he was in to his rock and his fortress and his salvation to his God. It's only when we exercise our faith, it's only when we put our trust into action, that we can, in the midst of the very difficult circumstances of life, find rest, find hope for our souls. It is when our theology about God becomes our practice with God that we can see the truth and live the truth. It is when our theology becomes our practice that we can see the truth and live the truth. Be honest with God about the challenges you're facing in life. Break through the storm and look to the sun, S-O-N. Well, next we need to inspire ourselves and others to trust Follow along again here as I want to read uh, verses 5 and 8. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation, my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. These four verses are some of my most favorite verses in all the Bible. What great words of truth about our amazing God. It seems like at first, when you first read it, that verses 5 and 6 are the same as verses 1 and 2. But they're not. There's important differences. The first phrase of verse 1 is a statement of fact. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. But the first phrase of verse 5 is a command. For God alone, O soul, wait in silence. The first phrase describes what David is doing. The second phrase exhorts him to do it all the more. After proclaiming his trust and being honest about his trial, David now sees that he needs to motivate himself. He needs to motivate within himself his faith. He further demonstrates his resolve by changing the word in the next phrase to hope. He's calling upon himself to eagerly hope upon God. That is to anticipate God. David was looking forward to seeing how God is going to deal with the difficult circumstances of his life. He's not going to take matters into his own hands. He is going to wait in hope. He's going to be silent in anticipation that God is going to do what God is going to do. He is going to live by faith. You know, our natural tendency is to act and react solely on a human level trying to make things happen within our own power, within our own plans. But to find rest for our souls, we need to let God take the lead. We need to act and, and react for sure throughout our difficult circumstances in life. But we need to do that with a godly perspective founded on the truth, looking to the sun. We need to live by faith. Verse 2 and verse 6 are almost identical as well. There's just one word difference, an adverb. In verse 2, the psalmist says, God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. And then in verse 6, the psalmist says, God alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Do you see the movement of his faith? Do you see how he, so in this psalm alone, how he's become more confident? As David puts his faith into action, his trust in God grows stronger and more certain. As he commands himself, as he instructs himself to wait in silence for God alone, to find a rest for his soul in God alone, as he proclaims his hope in God alone, he inspires himself to even greater faith. He removed the qualifier greater to announce the unqualified declaration I will not be shaken. Have you ever thought that one of the most inspiring people in your life should be you? Let me say that again. One of the most inspiring people in your life should be you. Our negative self-talk is one of the most destructive forces in our lives. Oh, I can't. How am I going to make that happen? What if that happens to me? If if I only did this better, if I only didn't do this, oh, woe is me. We can so lose sight of reality by focusing on us. That not only do we forget God, but we forget what God has already done for us. As followers of Christ, we have been given life. We have life. Real life now and eternal life to come. The consequences of death and hell have been vanquished. The greatest consequence of our earthly lives has been resolved by Christ, our Savior, on the cross, dying for the penalty of our sins, giving us his righteousness, giving us eternal hope. Oh, beloved We have a rock-solid hope because up from the grave he arose. Jesus has won. Jesus has provided the only way to find true, substantive hope, real, abundant life, totally regardless of our present life circumstances. As followers of Christ, we have life. We have hope. We have love. Look at verse 7. Look at what David ha- has his focus on in the midst of the challenge he is saying. Verse 7 says, On God rest my salvation and my glory and my mighty rock and my refuge is God. Do you know what's true for David? It's true for us. The very God of the universe, the sovereign, all seeing, all loving, all knowing, all powerful God is our salvation. He's our glory, He's our honor, He's our protection, He's our strength. He's our shelter amidst the storms of life. God is awesome, and He is awesome for us. Even in the midst of dark times, even in the midst of hard times, times that have befallen upon us even now, even in the midst of the storm clouds of life, God is awesome, and He's awesome for you. With his inspired faith that now overflows, see that's often how faith works. One person's inspired faith lights another person's inspired faith. So David calls out like a herald walking through town, like a billboard in midst of a busy street, like that emergency broadcast system, right? Breaking into your regularly scheduled TV show or radio show to transmit this most important message, David calls out, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Beloved, trust in him at all times. O church, pour out your heart. Before him, God is a refuge for us. Wow, what powerful words, what encouraging words, what words of comfort and truth. As David commanded himself to trust, so now he commands the people to trust, to, to pour out their hearts to God. Don't you just love it that part of showing our trust in God is to just be real with him? to just be real about what's going on in our hearts, to pour out our hearts to him. What a gracious and loving God we have. David's example of a living faith in the midst of difficult times is an example for us to trust God in all of our times. It's also an example for how we can reach out to each other and, and stir each other's faith. Yes, we're not meeting together in our church building but we're still the church, and we still need each other. We need now especially to do those one another passages in the Bible. To love each other, and to encourage each other, and to serve each other, and to bear one another's burdens, and to stir one another up to love and good deeds. To stir up our faith We're to stir up, to spur on, to motivate, to encourage, to provoke, to help, to stimulate one another's faith. Now, we have to be a little bit more intentional about doing that these days. But do it. Do it. Call your fellow believers in Christ. Spur them on in their faith. Pray for them by name. Take your church directory and pray for a page a day. Text them some encouragement. Encouragement. In the midst of these difficult life circumstances, inspire yourself to trust and inspire others to trust. We need each other to become all that we can be in Christ. So I say to you, and so we say to each other, Poland Village Baptist Church, one to another, we say, trust in the Lord at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is our refuge. God is your protection. He's your rock. He's your strength. He's your salvation. I mean, how awesome is that? Well, the next step to finding rest for our souls in the midst of difficult times is to be steadfast in the truth. Look again at the scriptures in Psalm 62. I want to read again verses 9 and 10. Psalm 62, verses 9 and 10. The scripture says, Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together light, lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. We know that in life there are many other options than trusting in God. As a matter of fact, there are many, many. Options. Millions upon millions, billions of people choose other options. You can trust in yourselves. You can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can be a self made person. You can trust in government or politics that some human system of rule will lift us up and provide the hope and security that we long for you can trust in family cuz blood is thicker than water my family my 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 children they're my refuge they're my hope we can trust in wealth oh money is a great answer we say things like he who dies with the most toys wins or i know that money can't buy happiness but i sure would like to try or we often say if i only had a little bit more we look to trust in wealth and money for our hope and happiness. You can trust in relationships. Oh, my spouse is the one who gives meaning to my life. We can trust in serving people, a life for serving for the betterment of mankind. We can find our meaning in altruism. There are all kinds of options that this world gives. And they all have one thing in common. When all is said and done, You'll be left with an empty, futile feeling in your soul. You're left with a cardboard fortress and a paper rock. Our soul can only find its truest meaning when it is connection with Jesus Christ. Our souls will only find true hope in God alone, who is alone, our fortress and our mighty rock. Our desire is... To find hope outside of trusting in God is a vain, vain hope. Look then, remember how verse 10 ends? Set not your heart on them. Set not your heart on these vain hopes. God is so good. He lets us choose what we set our hearts on. But our hearts, our lives, can only find His truest meaning and purpose when it is set upon God. When is it an improper relationship with the giver of life and meaning? Psalm sixty-two, eleven and twelve says, Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his works. I love how the NIV puts the Hebrew poetry here. One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong. And that you, O oh God, are loving. So powerful, so beautiful, so inspiring. Our God is so strong and our God is so loving. This twofold description of the character of God provides for us the firm foundation of our trust in God. It's the union of his power and strength of God and his love and grace of God that makes all the difference. These two words, strong and loving, are are two great summary words of Jesus. Only in Jesus can we put our trust, for only in Jesus is he strong enough to deliver us from the penalty of our sins, to save us from Satan and hell, to to rise from the dead, to be our rock and to be our fortress, to be our protection. At the very name of Jesus, all of heaven and earth We'll bow down, oh, the strength of our Lord Jesus. And only Jesus is loving enough to leave the glories of heaven, to humble himself, to come to earth, to die as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The grace and mercy of Jesus flow out of the wonders of his love. Oh, the amazing love of Jesus. Jesus is strong, and Jesus is loving. What an amazing Savior we have. The psalm ends with a challenge for everyone. We can be sure that we are going to be held accountable by God for what we believe and how that belief works itself out in our lives. God lets us choose. Believe in what God has done for you on the cross. Today, believe. Or don't believe what Jesus has done for you on the cross. The choice is yours. Live for Jesus in your daily life today. Or don't live for Jesus in your daily life. God is so gracious to give us choice. But the reality is that the consequences of our choices are eternal. So today is your day. If you've never made that decision to follow Christ. If you've never by the choice of your will, through the movement of the Holy Spirit into your life, chosen, Jesus Christ, said to him, I exchange my sin for your salvation. Today is your day, even at home. You can do that right now in the privacy of your home. And children, if you're listening, if you have more questions about this, talk to your parents and ask them about what it means to choose Christ. Well, How do we find true hope in difficult times? We follow David's example and we proclaim our trust in God. We're honest to God about our troubles. We inspire ourselves and others to trust God, remembering who God is and all that he has done. And we are steadfast in the truth. Oh, one thing God has spoken, two things have we heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O God, are loving. We are all in these challenging days. Today, we need to look beyond the clouds and look to the sun, S-O-N. Every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon our dial by the sun of love. We may trust him fully, all for us to do. They who trust him wholly find him wholly true. Stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised. Perfect peace and rest. Stayed upon Jehovah. Oh, may we be stayed upon him. Beloved, trust in him at all times, O church. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Let's pray. Father, oh, we thank you. This scripture was written, you know, some 3,000 years ago. And yet it jumps off the page to us. It's so real and vibrant and helpful on this day. We thank you for the truth of your word. Guide us in your truth. Guide our vision, our understanding through your truth. Lord, in these days, as we thank you for that, we thank you for your son. We thank you for our Savior, for life and abundant life and eternal life, for hope and joy in the midst of the clouds. We see beyond and we see the Son, Jesus Christ. So we look to you now, our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.